Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one well-cooked page of Talmud every day. And I say this because today's page, Shabbat 39, is all about, well, how to cook or not cook one very particular food item. And so to help me make sense of this difficult page, I asked my good friend, this show's producer, and a person who, like me, likes to dabble in the kitchen, Josh Cross, to join us again. Hello, Josh. Shalom. So, Josh, today's page deals with the one food item that is probably the most difficult thing on earth to cook properly. What would that be? The lowly and yet exquisite egg. Amen. Let us read. So the Talmud is talking about the various things that you should watch out for on Shabbat, lest you break a prohibition and cook a food in a way you're not allowed to. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel says, One may slightly roast an egg on a hot rooftop heated by the sun. However, one may not slightly roast an egg on top of boiling limestone. Granted, this works out well according to the opinion of the one who said that insulating an, an egg in sand is prohibited due to a decree lest he come to insulate it in hot ashes. You don't want to bury the egg in the sand, but then by mistake or, God forbid, on purpose, it is too close to hot ashes and then it actually cooks the egg, which is forbidden. There is no reason to issue a decree on a hot rooftop as it is not at all similar to hot ashes. However, according to the opinion of the one who said that the reason is because he is displacing dirt, as you would when you bury an egg, say, let him issue a decree and prohibit warming an egg on the rooftop as well, because there is sometimes dirt on the roof. The Gemara answers, this is not difficult, because in general a rooftop does not have dirt, and there is no reason to issue a decree in uncommon cases. And so, on and on it goes to discuss all the various places where you may and may not place an egg for the risk that you may slightly roast it, cook it a little bit, and then break a Shabbat prohibition. And I think in doing so, Josh, and I hope you agree with me on that one, the rabbi has really alighted on a really interesting fact that you alluded to just now, which is just how difficult an egg is to cook properly, and just how all these variations of cooking an egg differ from one another Profoundly, don't they? If I tried 12 different ways of cooking an egg this afternoon, I wouldn't get anywhere near the different kinds of uses for it. It would happen in my house in a week, let alone a month. First of all, let's let's talk about sizes, right? Because egg is one of these food items like an olive that are used to measure and indicate size, right? You have kazite, which is like as much as an olive, which is one measurement of size. And you also sometimes hear... The, the rabbis talk about kibetzah, which is, you know, as the size of an egg. Uh, what do you make of that? Well, I think it's really interesting because we know that all the old measures aren't particularly accurate. Now, I don't know what the chickens were like back then, but I know that right now in my refrigerator, I actually have two sizes of eggs, large and what I think the guy said at the market was ginormous. <laughs> um, That's an Aramaic word. Yes. Uh, they, they're great for just eating but absolutely useless in most of the uses of eggs, which is baking. And when somebody says use two eggs, if I use two of these, I don't know if I'm using three or seven because they're really big. The other ones are normally marked large and they're perfectly good for the matzo balls that I just made or anything else that we're eating around the house right around now. 
And then you have the matter of the different degrees of cooking. I mean, I don't think that the rabbis just selected eggs for this particular discussion at random. I think they realized, as every chef realizes, that the different variations of cooking eggs can make such great big differences that you are actually not looking at the same thing. A hard-boiled egg boiled for, say, seven minutes is not the same entity as a hard-boiled egg boiled for, say, five and a half minutes, resulting in the famous au courant jammy egg that fancy restaurants like to serve on their pokey balls. As the French say, les oeufs mollets, les oeufs mollets. Alors, <laughs> again, um, in, in, in spoken uh, Aramaic. Um, mullet eggs. This <laughs> Eggs with mullets. Uh, which I think is why, uh, you know, in many Japanese sushi restaurants, the first several years are spent with the new trainees learning how to properly prepare the eggs that sometimes accompany the dishes. I think that the essence of an egg is so incredibly diverse and the things you could do with it so plentiful that the rabbis basically realize and say, look, you have all these gradations. And therefore, if you place an egg in certain temperatures in certain ways, you're going to get certain results. You have to be very, very, very specific with the method of cooking. They didn't have the gadgets we have, right? Uh, right. If, if this discussion was going on today, they would have said, like, if you leave it in the instant pot, you can only leave it for two minutes, or if you leave it in a skillet, etc. But these are their methods of cooking. What I think is really important in the lesson to take away here, both in the size thing, but more about the level of cooking, is the attention to detail and intentionality they want you to bring to everything. Whether it is a measurement, and we need to know where this fits relative to other things we've done, or in cooking, so that you can actually cook your egg and know the difference between what's going to be soft-boiled, what's going to be jammy slash mole, what's going to be an actual hard-boiled egg and how that's going to turn out, that takes thought and real intentionality when we do that. And it really is the same kind of intentionality we need, not only when we're cooking, but when we're doing anything. The difference between a sunny-side-up egg and an overly-cooked-through horrible egg that my kid throws back at me is really a minute and a half. And if I'm distracted from what I'm doing, if I'm not paying attention and mm -hmm. doing it with intention, it's going to come out gross, and then I've wasted it. And if I pay just the littlest bit of attention and know what I'm doing and think, take a deep breath... It's going to come out perfect. And so let the lowly eggs be our guides to life and teach us to pay exquisitely close attention to every step and every second because each counts. And if we do, the results would be, well, transformative. Josh Cross, thank you so much. You don't want to say that they might be exquisite? <laughs> and on that happy note, shalom to you. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.